I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. What a special, special day, because happy Friday the 13th. I think in honor of the holiday, because we are a horror podcast, we must, we must, we must cover Friday the 13th, but not just any Friday the 13th. <laughs> we are talking about the 2009 reboot of Friday the 13th. You do realize this camp was closed down like 20 years ago. Some woman, she went fucking nuts, killed all these counselors, blamed them for her son's drowning. He was like deformed or uh, retarded or something. <laughs> Mom got hers. Uh, apparently there was one survivor. This girl, she cut that lady's head off with a machete. It gets weirder. I'm sure it does. Her son, Jason, he came back. He was actually there. He watched his mom being beheaded. Actually, a friend of mine, he went to camp around here. Oh, he went to camp around here. He said the cops came, they were looking for that Jason guy. I mean, you know what? Don't believe me. Nobody does. Don't believe me. But I'm pretty sure the way the story goes, uh -huh. the place is called Camp Crystal Lake. And guys, just bear with us, okay, as, as we <laughs> discuss this and talk through this. Like, tis the season, okay? So we're, we're just fulfilling the need. So this movie was directed by Marcus Nispel <laughs> and written by Damien, Shan uh, Damien Shannon and Mark Swift. And this movie stars Jared Padalecki. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Danielle Panabaker, Aaron Yu, Amanda Rigetti, Travis Van Winkle, and Derek Mayers. And this is the 12th installment, count them, 12th installment in the chain. And there has not been another one after this, right? Mm -mm. Okay, Correct. so it's been a minute, and I'm sure mm -hmm. in the near future we might be seeing some form of uh, another <laughs> Friday movie. <laughs> well, we are, producer Brian here, we are, they did announce a Crystal Lake TV show about a young Jason, I think. Mm, um, okay. Uh, that's going to be on Peacock. Uh, but, uh, the, beside, I know they've been, Jamie mentioned this on one of our, on TikTok that they've been through a lot of like legal battles over the, like who owns the character and all of mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, and I think like Universal or NBC or whomever is producing the Crystal Lake one, like found a loophole or something that were like, they can like okay. own like the young character of Jason, but not like the slasher Jason. Like <laughs> that, that I did not know. That's wild. There's some wild <laughs> loophole like that. I don't know. I also think, is it Derek Mears? Oh, okay. I was thinking, of, I don't know. Well, I was thinking bears, mares, but also English is oh. wild and random. So <laughs> it could I be. I love English that thought is process. wild and random. Yeah. I mean, it bears mares, but mirrors. Okay, either either one. I'm sorry, Derek. One one of those. Please come join us on the podcast and talk about your experience in this movie. We'd I mean, I, I mean, he he's been in the hills. Have eyes too. Predators. Mm, yes. Prior to the Caribbean. Canceling Gretel witch hunters. Oh man, I would love to have him on the podcast. We could talk about so much good stuff. He's in, he's Swamp Thing. What? Oh man, on that's TV. Cool. Ah, didn't know that. See, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out! I've to seen him, him also a lot at conventions, like signing oh. stuff and and like stuff like that. He seems like a super nice guy, and like Jamie and I kept saying the whole time, like, "What a thick neck!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I did comment on that so many times. 
I mean, you stole my thing. It was one of my. It was. I oh. don't know if it's a like or a gripe, but I I wanted to talk about how thick that neck was. I mean, and it looked like it just kept getting thicker. I think so. The girth was expanding as the movie went on. <laughs> that's that's what I hated that you said that, and I hate that you said it again. <laughs> <laughs> But we're jumping the gun. Yes, we are jumping we are. the gun. We gotta get into you know everything, likes and gripes, and all of this. So obviously, heavy spoilers for Friday the Thirteenth. If you have not seen it, we'll be talking everything from thick necks to all of the <laughs> boobies and everything. You know, oh my god, just gratuitous <laughs> everything good times so jamie tell Ugh. us about any other trigger warnings in here yeah i mean no joke definitely excessive nudity mm-hmm. in places where you don't think people need to not have clothes on exactly but I, I feel like there was a there must have been a boob quota that needed to be hit um <laughs> so if you like your characters clothed um don't, Don't watch, watch this. Um, <laughs> there is, all, I mean, it's a slasher. <clears throat> There's plenty of insides on the outside in a variety of ways. And better yet, if you do like boobs and you like slashers, they're oftentimes they intersect. So <laughs> um, if you if you don't like those things, both of them, there's also like a ton of weed references in this movie, mm-hmm. um, like a ton. I feel like a 12-year-old wrote this movie. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are they But if you doing? don't like any of those things, then, then steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, before we get into the plot summary, uh, producer Brian, do you have some more words to give to the people? Sure. Happy Friday the 13th. I think we have two this year. Um, I know we're releasing this a little beforehand, but it's the week of Friday the 13th. Let's stay spooky. Um, We are excited to bring you Friday the 13th from 2009. Excited with an asterisk, of course. (laughs) Um, But if you want to find all of our super cool stuff, you can find us on social media, on TikTok, at talk horror pod you can also find us on twitter and instagram if that's where you uh spend your social media time and then of course find us and watch us on youtube hello youtube uh yeah oh that's a super cool shirt yes my friend got it for me for for christmas i have to um find who the artist was but um, oh wow the ghost face favorite scary movie oh that's so cute hello sydney on the arm. Oh, on the sleeve? Oh, on the sleeve. Wow. Oh, that's very that's cool. That's super cool. That's yeah. super cool. Actually, you know what I found? So we had friends stay with us this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to London with these friends. And we were reminiscing about a show we had seen called Love Story uh, that starred Nev Campbell. And I have her autograph what? on the playbill. Yeah. I totally, totally forgot that. Um, I have her, it it was her, Killian Murphy, um, uh, and a couple other people, um, that was, uh, Michael, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I'll think of it, but from, uh, Better Call Saul, but yeah, it was so, so cool. Oh, so good. We love Nev. R.I.P. her not being in in the next movie, but it's okay. It's going to be a fun time regardless. (laughs) All right, so... Let's get into it. We need a two-minute plot summary. Uh, I'll volunteer as, as tribute <laughs> unless someone is dying to talk about this movie. No, mm. I think you need to do it. <laughs> okay. Beauty. Watch the plot. Right, you setting us up with that timer? Yeah. Have you? Do you always hit the calculator when you're trying to hit the <laughs> clock? I do that um, on no. a regular basis. <laughs> that's not even, that's not even like, uh, I, you know, here, if you're if your first time listening, if you heard it, we do a two minute <laughs> countdown to try and uh, get the plot out. And mm-hmm. I would say 95% of the time when I'm doing the timer, I absolutely hit the calculator first. That's just my, <laughs> that's, that's my whole life. All right. Nikisha, okay. you ready? I guess. <laughs> Tell us about Friday the 13th, 2009. 
So it opens up giving you flashes of what actually happened with Jason and his mom. The mom is mad because the counselors didn't look after Jason and he drowned. But uh, so she starts killing counselors. But then apparently Jason is alive. And so he sees his mom get unalived and she's beheaded and he keeps the head. And now his revenge is to kill any teenage jury person that comes within his Crystal Lake area. So then we have a group of really idiotic, crazy teenagers who are out there to camp, but also to find weed. They all get slashed. um, And you're thinking, oh, why is everybody dying so soon? Because that's not the real story. The story is there are other teenagers that are dumb and are camping. And (laughs) there's one in particular who is looking for his sister, who was a part of the first group that got killed and lost and so he's looking for her so he runs into all these teenagers that are um at one this little camp great that are at this campsite and they're all doing various things lots of nudity lots of horny teenager tropey things are happening and then they all get unalived one by one uh and then we find out that one the sister is actually alive and jason was keeping her because she kind of looks like his mom i guess is what the vibe is uh so eventually the brother and one of the last survivors of the second group find the sister get her but then the last of the the second group survivor not survivor she gets killed uh and then They, brother and sister, try to escape, but then they try to actually kill Jason, and they think that they did, and so then they carry the body to dump it in the lake, and then when they dump it in the lake, and the mask falls off of him, but the twist at the end, he comes back in, and he, mask and all, kills them, and then blackout. That's the plot. (laughs) Nailed it. That is that is the movie, and oh, oh, what a movie. Uh, let's get into it with our first segment of Likes and Gripes. And now are Likes and Gripes. And with this, I will say, tell us your relationship. If you've seen the movie before, your relationship with the Friday the 13th chain in general, because it's a lot of movies. Jamie, you want to start? Sure. Um, I so I I saw this. I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters when it came out, and that's the only time that I saw this mm. uh, ever. Um, so I only saw it once, and then generally, I mean, I've seen the first one. I I, I don't even know how many times. Um, so. That's and whichever whatever things Brian has since been catching up on, I've caught glimpses. But man, <laughs> yes. this is so disappointing. Even having seen it before, I couldn't remember anything other than uh, I knew it was not good. <laughs> I I even forgot <laughs> who was in it, and I was like, oh. Oh, Jared. Oh, Danielle. Right. That's mm-hmm. fun. Oh, Ben Feldman. Neato. Yeah. But like, I, I was shocked. Brian can attest to it. I was like, oh, look at the look at my friends hanging out. I I, I was shocked. Um, the only actual thing that I remembered from this movie, both from the movie itself and from the trailer, if you can believe it, because I distinctly remember this in the trailer, is the, uh, arrow kill Mm, mm -hmm. when the guy on the boat gets shot in the head with the arrow. And I was like, Ooh, what? That was my reaction when I saw it in the trailer and the first time. This time I knew it was coming. So I wasn't like you know, cartoon animal shocked. But (laughs) I was like, in what world is Jason, who already like drowned and then came back to life, like when did he learn how to shoot a bow and arrow? And that's really all you need to know about the quality of this movie. (laughs) Every single character is stupid. Mm -hmm. That's my first note when watching it. Everyone is dumb. Nobody does anything in like an in, like a thoughtful intentional way mm-hmm. um it, it's like truly like everybody has a bag over their head and they're all just trying to 
you know, do things, but like they can't because they're fundamentally missing a, an important part of like operating as a person. Yes. Um, <laughs> Also, so, like, everyone is stupid. Um, This movie feels like it was written by a middle schooler. There's just, like, so much gratuitous nudity where, like, it doesn't make sense. And I get it. I get that, like, that's part of the Friday the 13th, like, shtick is that everyone's too busy, you know, having sex, having fun, not paying attention to Mm -hmm. what's going on. Or, I guess, in the original, the kids, but none of these folks are camp camp counselors. They're just happened to stumble upon, you know, where this camp used to be. But, like, uh, <laughs> the beginning scene where the the woman's, like, getting naked yes. behind the guy talking about GPS systems, I was just like, what? Hate it. And then, and then when the woman, uh, the other woman who um, goes uh, skiing, water skiing, topless, why? Why do you need to do that? Mm-hmm. And then to top it off the cherry on top of that was her stupid murder underneath the dock where her her head get like she gets stabbed in the head gets yoinked up because he's pulling the thing out and so naturally of course more titties I don't need any more titties I'm good leave me alone that was the that was the stupidest Put your one titties I was away. like I'm please I'm good thank you um, and then like the, uh, like everyone was talking about m- weed so much in this movie. I was like, has anybody ever even like s- this, the way that they're talking about weed is like <laughs> the people who are like, yeah, I'm super cool. I smoke weed. And I'm like, you don't even probably know what weed looks like. You'd probably pick up a bottle of alcohol and think it was weed. Like it was just so unnecessary. I, they, I felt like they had a quota to hit for like, all right, uh, what's this scene missing? Uh, boobs and uh, here's a joint. We'll, we'll throw that in. It'll be great. I was yes. like, oh my God, this is so dumb. And so like, because there's so many more boob shots and like people having sex and smoking weed, they like took out all of the dialogue that makes, that's logical. Mm-hmm. And like nobody is, is, <laughs> is doing anything. Another stupid one was the... I don't even know any of these people's names, to be totally honest. Nope, everyone, okay. oh my God, everyone looked the same. And they all, all of the men have been looked the same. Interchangeable. They all had this, every guy had the same douchey, long, shaggy haircut yes. from the early to late 2000s. That was really cool, like surfer kind of dude. And then every woman, like, all looked the same. Like, I, I truly couldn't tell any of them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I got nervous that I forgot what like um, what Danielle Panabaker's face looked like because I was like, wait, no, I know what she looks like. None of these people are her, right? And I, I had to, I literally went on to like look them up because I was confused. Um, but the stupidest that distracted me from what I actually thought was the stupidest thing, which is whoever was the girl uh, that was left when when they finally were were in the cabin and they were like, oh, Jason's coming, like, and and they're like, we can't the. Um, Jared's like, we can't go outside. And and they're all like freaking out and like yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. The woman just starts yelling, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yep. And literally nothing is happening. No one was talking in that moment. I was like, why are you screaming? For what? Nothing. <laughs> no one said anything. Why are you saying shut up? It was just, it was so dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these people are peopling. Um, why is the dumbest person have the gun just shooting wildly. Somebody should have accidentally been shot with how he was shooting wildly. I thought that was what I, was I kind happen. of that would have been yeah, that would have been way more logical. Mm-hmm. Um and my last beef that I'll say is um beef. there is my beef. Uh there is zero logic. so okay, I know that slasher horror villains can, you know, typically move at a speed that is so fast, but, like, reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, can Jason fly now? Can Jason, <laughs> like, is he faster than the speed of light? He's so fast, it defies all logic. Mm-hmm. He's he's everywhere. Like, the sequence of all of these kills, I'm like, 
when is this happening? It doesn't seem to be in chronological order because like, how is he going from like the shed to the roof? Yes. How the fuck did he get up there? Yes. Like, I, I truly have no idea because it didn't seem like there was any way outside of the house for him to get up there. So did he sneak into the house, climb out of a window, get onto the roof, like throw someone off or just be there menacingly and then go back inside the house, go down the stairs and nobody fucking saw him? Like, I... I do not understand how Jason got around. It was in fucking sane. And that's, that's. That has been parlor talk. Yeah. With Jamie. Oh my God. Come sit, have a drink. It's parlor talk. <laughs> Jason can fly, guys. Uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll the MCU should should pick him up because oh, yeah. he's all over the place. <laughs> That's perfection. I'll piggyback off of that because a lot of the things that you said, I agree with uh, Jamie. But I will say the many flashbacks at the beginning with like actor names and who's writing it and then the the flashback story. I hated that. I, I For some reason, it just wasn't oh, visually. Interesting. It wasn't visually appealing to me mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. if this is going to be the core reason why someone is doing what they're doing, I feel like it shouldn't be in just flashes of that nature. It makes it seem like it's not as important, in my opinion, watching it. Uh, I will say I was looking on the Wikipedia and it said that uh, I think they were having kind of the same like legal issues of trying to redo this or whatever because they were it was going to be a completely different kind of script but then they went back in and they wanted to place these flashbacks at the beginning because they said that they wanted people to feel sorry for Jason but still keep the menacing slashery nature of Jason I'm like you did not accomplish any of those things not even like just making him a good slasher it's just and for all the reasons that Jamie has already said so I, I won't get in into that as much as I enjoy tropes and you have like the nerd and the horny couple totally. and all of those things, I can get down with camp. But for some reason, this movie, and I wish I could articulate it better, but this movie just missed the mark of being campy. I think it was trying to be a, as more serious, but if it would have just leaned more and just to making everything so absurd, then I think I would have liked it better because I do enjoy campy, tropey slasher movies. I can get down with that. But this one, I think it was just taking itself a little too seriously. Actually, and you know what? I think it's mostly because of the script. Because one of my other notes is that it feels like all of these lines are improv especially the whole <laughs> opening scene with the GPS and the guys and everything. Yeah. It literally just felt like they said, we need to get to this point so whatever dialogue you want to say to get this particular point across, go forth and do it. And that's exactly what it felt like. And also, Jamie said something similar, but you said it felt like a middle schooler wrote this. To me, this feels like, you know when you see those posts of when they feed AI, like, all the Harry Potter movies, and then they make a Harry Potter yeah. movie? That is what this movie is. Somebody fed AI a whole bunch of slasher movies and said, make up a story. And this is what, and this is what that is. I, 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 so many things wrong with this. And again, I'm trying not to repeat what Jamie has said, but I will, I'll also say this. My favorite, favorite, favorite line out of the whole (laughs) movie was what? Cause I'm black. I can't listen to green day because absolutely. And I love Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So bad. And then the last thing I'll say, because we can go on and on just about the things that I did not like uh, about this. But I really would have loved to have seen Jason versus Michael Myers as opposed to like a Freddy versus Jason. I know this is like a random side note. Interesting. But I feel like that would have been a better fight. Maybe, I don't know how Mm. those worlds could collide. I mean, they made Freddy and Jason's worlds collide for some odd reason. But I feel like if anywhere in the universe someone was like, you know, I have enough money for shits and giggles. I just want to create a Michael Myers versus Jason moment. I would absolutely be down for that. So somebody make that happen, please. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, your likes and (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, 
Okay, I'm going to start with my gripes. I'll just go through them, and then I'll end on the positive of my likes. But my mm-hmm. relationship with the Friday the 13th chain is small, because as we all know, if you've been listening or if you're new to the podcast, I did not grow up watching slashers. The only slasher I really saw growing up was, like, Psycho and Scream. Like, I hadn't seen any of the Halloween movies, any of these movies, any of the... Um, um, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies until the lockdown when, when Jamie and I really watched them. However, uh, we've covered the original Friday the 13th on this podcast, so I've watched that. And then I decided to start watching them on my own. So I've watched part two and part three, and then we also covered uh, Jason X on this podcast. So this one is my um, fifth Jason movie. Um, I'm I'm gradually working my way through. Um, one and two are really good. Three's okay. Um, and Jason X is just a blast. Um, so this was my first time watching this one, and I've heard both sides of the story. I know people who love this one, and I know people who hate this one. I uh, fall on the hated this one uh, spectrum. I I didn't I didn't yeah I I, I didn't like hate it hate it, but like this was not an enjoyable watch. So here are my gripes. Uh, nobody's a human. Uh, why is weebs and weed and weebs? <laughs> why is weed and boobs a thing? It's called weebs. Uh, weebs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Jason hunting anybody? Like, why is he killing like the farmer that's on his property now? Like, it it doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, stupid dialogue. Obviously, inviting Clay into the house is truly the worst scene in this movie. Um, that like that that his like confrontation with the uh, Trent character was truly bad. Also, side note, this movie is really poorly made. It's really dark. It's very claustrophobic in the shots, and they are not steady cam shots. They are shaky shots. Mm-hmm. So you have you you at the beginning, you really can't see like all of these murders, and that's the fun part. You know, it's all kind of like it's really dark. The cinematography isn't great. Everything's super like tight shots and claustrophobic. I, it just didn't lend itself well to a thriller of any sort, especially a slasher. And like, I feel like this was also the style of movie making around then, uh, because you have like the Bourne movies and stuff like that. One of the Bond movies uh, was like that Quantum of Solace. Um, so like, there, there, that, that was a style, but it just didn't work for this movie at all. Um, I also, <laughs> okay, we got boobs. You know what this movie actually needed, or it should have had Dong. This movie should have had a little bit of penis because, like, I'm sorry, it just even like, it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I like there were perfect opportunities for for Dong. Uh, I'm just saying. Um, oh, that's great. Everybody literally looks the same. Oh, poor, poor, poor minorities in this movie. They not only got the short shift in terms of shaft, shaft, whatever you want to, whatever that idiom is or that that phrase mm-hmm. is. Um, short shaft, more peen. Yeah, short <laughs> shaft, more peen. I just like absolutely was so embarrassed for those two characters. The the African-American man and the Asian character just like were there for awful comic relief. They had lines that like, awful. how did they even go home at night? Like they must have just been like, thank God I'm in a major motion picture making money. Like awful. Just like That's so it. embarrassing. Um, oh, She's just going to go with him to the other side of the lake and like leave her friends and boyfriend like that just seems like that that's that's a leap. That's a true character yeah. leap. Yeah. Especially cuz um, I just want to say they didn't even seem like they were even a couple for her to like go off and be with that other guy and then him to just like sleep with the friend like randomly. Uh, yeah. It was all weird. Well, that's also on my gripes. There was no, I know they were in a very crazy situation where like Jason was hunting them, but like there was no fallout from like that huge sex scene where she, where he cheats on her at all. Exactly. And that just felt weird. Like she didn't even have a reaction to that. Like d- clearly they're doing that in the room. Like there's anyway, yes. um, <laughs> uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody is a bad boyfriend in this. Yes. Uh, when in doubt, show more boobs. Uh, <laughs> How, I, also, another thing, 
he didn't take the backpack. He was in. He was looking in the backpack for batteries. It's in front of him. There was no world in which I wouldn't have grabbed the backpack with me. It just listen. I know that people are different, but like that doesn't make sense to me. That really upset me. Um, there were a lot of times where I just got up off the couch and was like, "What are you doing?" That was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's a little bit controversial, or maybe not. I don't know. If Jason is supposed to be the character that we know, I'm living in the woods and all of this. He seems wildly, wildly smart, like in this movie. But some things he's just like not smart about. It's just a weird juxtaposition of like who this character is supposed to be and why he's killing. It just all of these things don't mesh together for me. Um, close the hatch. Oh, when his sister escapes, when Whitney escapes, like close the hatch so Jason doesn't know that you escaped until he actually goes down. Just like I, I'm, I literally I'm, thought I just, the same thing. I said, "Why are you leaving this open?" Because now he knows that somebody's there because he didn't leave yes. it open. Oh my it's god, dumb. awful. <laughs> um, okay, all of the talk of being rich. That um, the Andrew uh, U character Chewy does um, in terms of like being rich and money and like all this, they talk about it so much and it's not a thematic element of this movie, which seems really really weird. Um, not that this movie had any themes except for boobs and weed, or as we said, mm-hmm. uh, weed. Um, uh, this is poorly edited. And that scene that Jamie was talking about when the the woman is, like, uh, screaming, like, stop it, stop it. Like, there were such gaps. And the reactions to things were so far apart from each other. And a lot of things felt, like, in a weird, weird, weird order. So the editing in this was really poor. Uh, Jason could teleport. Um, <laughs> oh, the jump scares in this movie are predictable and terrible. All of mm-hmm. them. Uh, there was one that got me, but we'll talk about that. Um uh, oh, they say things a lot in this movie. They don't just do things like, oh, no, my gun. Like, just show that he dropped the gun. Like, he's not going to scream in the middle of the woods while running, looking for Jason, being like, oh, no, my gun, it fell in the stream. Like, no. Um, right. All the I would say 90% of the kills in this movie are actually super lame. Yes. Um, don't, Jason, don't put him on the truck. You've been doing such hard work to keep your presence not known and hiding the bodies. And like, and the cops don't even like say, look, people just go to disappear and I don't know. Like, if you're going to kill Trent and put him on the truck and drive him away, you, you got caught, bro. That was yeah. just like real, real. Um, uh, <laughs> why are we putting him in the lake? Won't the cops need to see the body to prove that you didn't do this? Like, that was just... This movie felt like it's 97 minutes, felt like two and a half hours. Yes. Um, I assume that he wasn't even going to deal with the cops anymore at that point. I feel I felt like he was just like, I'm done. Yeah. But like, why move the bot? Like, just be like, hey, cops, he's in the barn. Like, I'm out. Right. Like, Mm-mm. I don't know. All right. Here are my likes. They did an excellent job of making me hate everybody except for the main characters. <laughs> A wonderful yeah. job. Um, the whooshing noises, anytime Jason turned around or like moved quickly, the the sound effects there. Great. I love them. Uh, uh, Trent's scream when, um, when what's when Bree is is dropped on the the cop car and he's in the cop car, he Mm -hmm. has this high pitched like scream that made me laugh. It was wonderful. Uh, oh, the, the jump scare of Jason on top of the bus. That's the only thing that got me in this movie. Ah, uh, okay. I got caught there. I liked the title card, like, when it appeared. I thought that was good. And I liked the initial framework and concept of this movie. I like the idea that this is a sequel to the original, uh, similar to the they, how they tried to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from last year. Like, mm-hmm. I like that this, or, or even the Halloween movie from 20, the 2018 one or 2019, whenever the first one came out. Like, I like the idea of connecting it to the first one. And I like the idea of, like, us learning about, like, what happened and how it's affected them now. But then the rest of the movie sucks. So... Like And also wasn't framed well. Anyway, um, and then my quotes, of course. <clears throat> I'm not going out there with a boner. Again, we needed more dong. <laughs> more peen. Yeah, more peen. Uh, technology, yee. Uh, <laughs> they don't call me the wood wizard because I masturbate a lot. Great, thanks. Oh, I hated that one. Oh, my gosh. And then my two favorite lines were during the sex scene. Uh, he says something about her boobs, but he ends it with dude. Love that. 
That's the broiest thing. And then, of course, uh, when he's commenting on her perfect nipple placement. <laughs> it's like, who oh, wrote God. this? Why? Which is why I feel like they were like, yeah, just go and do this and whatever comes out of your mouth, like, we'll just keep it. And he was like, okay, yeah. nipple placement. Got it. Yeah. There you go. The, that was the AI at work. That <laughs> was. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, it was hard to try to come up with questions for Jamie, but let's move on to the next section. Mmm, <laughs> brains. Gosh. I mean, no one had brains in this, so it's just, it's quite ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no one. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, oh. the only question that I have, Jamie, is it's speaking on coming to terms with a loss when you lose someone. And I'm speaking to um, the brother trying to find his sister. And, you know, he she's missing, so he's just... There could be a body. He's not really coming to terms with her being like actually dead or whatever. But what if he never found that, uh, you know, her body and he just had to kind of move on, not knowing exactly what happened to her? How can people process um, or get some type of closure and process their loss when they don't have all the information at hand for them? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question because like, you know, a lot of times we're seeing grief modeled through this, like, you know, I would say termination isn't like the best word, but Mm -hmm. it comes up a lot in this type of work about like relationships and there being some kind of like finite ending. And when you're able to like actually experience that ending and, and grieve the loss of that relationship, but when it's like unresolved and you don't have a definitive outcome or like there's missing information. I feel like for some people it's it's really really hard. It's hard without like knowing with 100% certainty like, you know, how do you move forward when things are unresolved? Um and and yeah, it I think for a lot of people it's really challenging. Um I think <clears throat> acknowledging that pain, acknowledging the pain of not knowing um and I mean it sounds like he already went through this this process of like trying to connect with the police, not really feeling like they were helping. Um, so like, you know, I think a lot about like what's in our control, what's not in our control and how much he did on his own versus how much he relied on others outside of him to, you know, be helpful and things like that. Um, but we don't always have control over other people. So like, again, how do you deal with like having to rely on these other entities to help solve this crime, get the answers for you when, you know, you're not, um, what's his face from supernatural and can do all these things on your own. Um, (laughs) (laughs) where in reality, perhaps not everybody is able to seek out, um, like a missing family member or someone that they have lost. Um, yeah. So I think like really acknowledging that the pain of the lack of like knowing with 100% certainty and and like other things that you would do to address grief, grief and like getting support around grief, definitely therapy. Therapy, therapy. Um, but also, um, you know, like are there things that you can do to like honor this person um, that you've lost and and like – you know, do you need to definitively know what happened to them in order to honor them? Not necessarily like Mm. remembering somebody thinking about like, you know, happy times that you've had with them. Like those are things that allow us to like continue to honor our loved ones, even when they're not physically present. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, like not being physically present can include both like definitively knowing that someone has died or it being left uncertain. So, like doing doing those kinds of things, like continuing to lean on family and friends, um, whether it's other people who are like in the same position. And so like you're all kind of collectively grieving mm-hmm. or just having a really strong support system. Um, yeah, those are those are some of my suggestions. Absolutely. Great suggestions. I have no more questions because that that <laughs> yeah. is all that I can think of. But I think that is Top a great tier answer. Film. I Top have, I tier. Have a, 
I have a question for you, Nikisha. Yeah. As an actress, when you're given a script that is, you know, in your heart is bad and Mm -hmm. you read your character and a lot of things just are plot focused and not character focused, meaning that a lot of the plot is just leaps in terms of characters doing random things that aren't justified. How does you how do you as an actress justify these like leaps in thought in belief for these to, to like you know keep these characters grounded yeah. but make the plot believable? Uh, an example here is you know the Danielle Panabaker character just like leaving to like go with the Clay character, you know the Clay Miller the the, the Jared right. Padalecki character. So like, what would you do in that scenario like that? Yeah, uh, well, a simple answer, and it's what you were talking about with the minority characters. It's like, I'm just collecting my check, and I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the money. Uh, but in, in, a sense of every, in a sense of being an actor and everyone trying to connect with the material in some form or fashion, no matter how bad it is, I think when there are parts that are missing, you have to fill in the blanks for yourself. Um, and I think in a sense, maybe the Danielle character had other motivations within her that were not seen on camera or actually in the script that allowed her to justify going and leaving. Or you never know, sometimes in um, in movies, because of editing or whatever the case may be, there might have been scenes that could have connected the thing, sure, but then how it was edited it just didn't come across uh, how they wanted it to. So there might have been some things that um, were just missing that she had information to that led her to be able to um, justify the the intentions and the actions in the script. So, yeah, I think it's if it's not in the script, you have to uh, develop it for yourself in order to make the character true to who you want it to be. And then sometimes things just get edited out and we just don't see that. We don't know it. But all in all, collect your coin and move on to the next job. <laughs> Beauty. Any other questions before we Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, no. Oh, I do want to go back to the very beginning of this episode when I said I saw that play love song. It was mm-hmm. Michael McKean and Kristen Johnson. Uh, Kristen Johnson is from 30 Rock from the Sun and stuff like that. That's who I also saw. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, you know, that's where my brain has gone because, you know, Friday the 13th. This is, what a bummer. I really wanted to have this, like, have fun with this. But, Nikisha, I think you nailed it at the beginning of this episode when you said that, like, it didn't lean into the camp. It, mm. it had campy elements but took itself too seriously. And I think that's a perfect the way you described it, like, really stuck with me throughout this episode. Um, mm. Like, if they had just, like, been a little bit more campy and fun about it, then I think I would have, like, this would have been, like, Jason X fun. I was literally going to say that Jason, yeah. I think is that was the perfect example when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, because I had a great time yeah. watching Jason X. Because it leaned into all of the the campiness, but this one, yeah, like you said, but it took itself too seriously. But Jason X is the perfect example of like, here is the camp, we're gonna give you all the things, and we're gonna make all the kills so absurd, but still super cool. Like I still will always remember that freeze, or putting the face in the little like what freezer thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Great, great moments. But yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> No, it is okay. The only like none of the kills in this one are going to stick with me. Maybe the bow and arrow because it was just like where are we right now? But like like Jamie said, like what? Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> let's do some Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Oh, oh and man. I will say I don't think I said this, but I started watching this movie and I never finished it like a while back because it was streaming somewhere. But so mm. because we were doing this episode, I had to fully sit and watch. So I didn't know like what was. I'm gonna so happen sorry. Then, I'm so sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Let's do some Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Jamie, let's start with you. Oh, God. I want to say, like, a 21. All right. Nikisha, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say 17. (laughs) Well... Jamie's closer with 25. Oh. Wow. 
This has a 25%. It has a 46% audience score. And the critics' consensus is, though technically well-constructed, Friday the 13th is a series (laughs) rehash that features little to distinguish it from its predecessors. Actually, that's another thing that we didn't mention. I feel like Jason had no, like, personality in this. Not that I need personality from him, but, like... It was just all over the place in terms of, like, what he was actually doing. Like, I think that rules really help certain killers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I, I feel like I would not even rules, but, like, at least guidelines and, like, ways that they kill and stuff like that. This just felt like a very generic slasher movie and not a Friday the 13th movie, even though they use pieces of of the Friday the 13th lore in it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a Friday the 13th movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You just have the mask and that's it to say that it's Friday the 13th. Yeah, Everything yeah else the mask and the blah. flashbacks, really. And the na- like, there's a lot, but like, blah, boo earns. <laughs> okay, uh, should we right. do ratings? Yeah, let's do the four S's. Yes, this is, this Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right, we have skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Skulls is how well it handled handled mental health and human behavior. Scares is how scary was it. Shakes is how much you're gonna it's gonna stick with you. And then suggestions is what would you put this on a in a two pack. Um, Jamie, let's do your one through tens for skull scares and shakes. Sure. So for skulls, I gave this a one because everyone is a big dum dum in this whole movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I gave it. One, it got bumped up one point because Jared Pavlecki said, we can't go outside, which is probably the smartest thing anyone mm. says mm-hmm. in this entire film. Um, originally, I was going to give this movie zero scares, and then I got got twice, and I was so mad that I just gave it the two points for the two individual scares that it got me. Mm. One was uh, when Jared gets, like, pulled up through the car, and Jason, and yeah, Jason's behind him and uh, gets him. And the second one, even though I knew it was going to happen, was the very end when mm. he pops out from the stupid yeah. dock. Sure. I was like, you dumb, big, brooding, giant necked man, leave me alone. Yeah, you were like, uh, where's the dong? <laughs> <laughs> where's oh, the man. beef? Um, <laughs> and then the first shakes, I gave it a one. Because I, like I said, I couldn't even remember who was in this film. Sure. Um, but I, if if anybody ever says, oh, have you seen Friday the 13th, the one that came out in uh, 2009? I think, oh, is that the one where the arrow goes through that guy's head? And that's the only thing that I will ever remember about this movie. Fair. Fair. Uh, Nikisha, what about you? Yeah, Skulls won. As Jamie says, the people were not peopling. Scares won. Uh, yeah, not scary. And Shakes is also a one. The only thing that I will remember is the gratuitous nudity. That's sure. not even the kills. It's like too right. many boobs. Stop. And how you <laughs> wanted more dong. And how I wanted more dong. <laughs> more peen, please. Thanks. More peen, please. Uh, for uh, skulls, I have a zero. They were all numb skulls. Uh, scares, I have a one. Shakes, I have a three because the arrow scene um, and just like how confusing this movie was in general. Um, Mm. So that's what I have there. Uh, uh, Any suggestions? What would you suggest to to pair with this this masterpiece? (laughs) It's so it's so hard because it's so bad. I mean, it's like, do you want to find another bad movie to pair it with? But I just went the route of reboots. And Brian, you already mentioned it earlier, but I would put the Texas Chainsaw reboot because I feel like it's better than this than this reboot. And it was better kills, uh, better yeah, that, time. Yeah. And uh, if you want your just fill of slashery, but you don't want to watch the OG one, like the reboot of Texas Chainsaw. For this to pair it with this one is that's that's a really good one. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, 
so I went in a slightly different direction, um, also, but also a reboot. Um, I was like, why is why is Jared Pavlecki? That's his name, right? I'm going to say it wrong every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this film that's terrible at the point where I feel like it's the height of his career in Supernatural or like Mm. the peak when Supernatural was like at a real high. And then I was like, what's another movie that his co-star Jensen Ackles was also in, in a slasher, weirdly the same fucking year and also was not very good. My bloody Valentine 3D. Oh no. (laughs) Um, so another slasher, another reboot of like an, another eighties, um, reboot, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it was in 3d. So, you know, you got that going for you. Um, but, uh, yeah. So mine is a supernatural two pack, except both of the movies aren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed. All right. Um, I went a little different. I went with the final girls an actual good movie that is a spoof mm. of slashers like the original Friday the 13th. Um, it's way more fun. It's funny. The kills are good. It's emotionally heartfelt in places. Um, a way better slasher than this ever meant to be. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Nice. Not too shabby. Yeah, I Thank think you. it's it's a good it's a good list of things. Yes, but there. Oh, I don't think there's any dong in that movie. Just just to let people know. Darn it! Mm. I don't remember. I'd have to rewatch it. I'm my, you know I'm uh, going uh, in my dong dar. <laughs> dong dar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, On that <laughs> note, <laughs> that concludes our episode of Friday the Thirteenth. Happy Spooky Friday, everyone. You can follow us. Spooky. You can follow us on all of the social meds at TalkHorrorPod on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Look us up on YouTube so you can see our faces and how we're reacting to all of the crazy things that we talk about and not having enough dong. And uh, Brian, where can they (laughs) listen to us? Sure, you can listen to us wherever you find podcasts, including Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And thank you. Oh, I have, I have an ending quote <laughs> for this one. I forgot to say. Ooh. Oh, and yes, it was I'm the excited. Very, it was towards the very, very end. And old sister girl was taking the machete to, right before she takes the machete to Jason, and she says, say hi to mommy in hell. And then slashes him. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Oh, God. Also, it took her forever to get over there to save her brother. Forever. Oh, my God. That was yes. wild. It was awful. Also, poor uh, Daniel Panabaker. Like, what a lame death for being alive for so long in the movie. For so long. Yeah. (sighs) I thought she was going to come back since we didn't see her, like, actually die, die. Actually die, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, like, that was me being optimistic. Alas, poor York. I hardly (laughs) knew he. On that note, thanks guys for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.